Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Thursday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I'm your host, Josh Harris. We are sponsored by Bet365. We'll have a nice offer for you. It's a really good offer. I do really like Bet365. They're one of my favorite books that I use. We'll have an offer with them later. As you come in, smash that like button. Give us a subscribe. Hit that notification button. Get alerts when our shows go live. What is going on? Joining me as always, some Cliffy. How you doing on this eloquent Thursday afternoon? Um, doing Thursday? good. <laughs> yeah, it is Thursday. Uh, a couple of days ago, we were celebrating the start of spring, and today we have a snowstorm here. So it's cold and rainy here. Yeah. So there we go. No, doing well. I mean, it's John Wick Four Day, man. One of the best days of the year. John Wick Four comes out tonight. Uh, probably gonna go see that at some point this weekend. Um, no, doing good. Pretty good game last night. I only watched the Pittsburgh Colorado game. Um, no, I wasn't staying up to watch Arizona until two o'clock in the morning. Even though, like, we're talking about this in the Discord earlier, Arizona's not a doormat anymore. Like, at the very least, like, their top six is good, like, legitimately good. And they have Valimaki and some good goaltending. So um, maybe I shouldn't pick up on Arizona too much, but that's stuff to do this morning. I have to get up early. Well, not as early as you, but. Had to get up early. Uh, but what a game between Pittsburgh and Colorado. I mean, Pittsburgh looked great. Like, I know Colorado still has a bunch of injuries, right? Um, no Landeskog, no Lekkanen, no Rodriguez. That's basically their second line. <laughs> so, um, you know, take it with a great salt. But I thought Pittsburgh looked pretty good last night. Imagine what that team could actually look like if their general manager tried to make them better at the trade deadline instead of worse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to harp on that because I'll get uh, riled up and we have a pretty big slate. But as much as I hate Sidney Crosby, like he's he's an elite player. Like he is one of the best backhands in the NHL, if not the best. Like that backhand goal was just nasty. Well, what, what was that tweet shared in our Discord? It was 68 miles an hour. Yeah. Like you'll find like midget AAA hockey players like high level teenage hockey players shoot that shoot that hard with a slap shot and yeah. Crosby's doing that with a backhand it like I know he's in the NHL but that is that's it, absolutely absurd it wasn't even in close either no like, no he sniped it from like the tops of the circles <laughs> that goal was nasty and so was Connor McDavid's first goal like yeah. he purposely shot it off the back of Connor Ingram's helmet behind the net that was just disgusting some really good goals last I mean, night. that's how you score 60 goals in a season, yeah. right? With 10 yeah. games left or whatever it is. Yeah, Tortorella probably punching a hole in the wall when he saw that goal, but it's not it's not hockey. You know what I mean? So, But, you know, we got an 11-game slate tonight. Not as big as the 13-game slate the other night. 
I didn't play much last night. I made some really idiotic bets last night. I should, you know, whatever. I I made some bad bets. It happens. We lose. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I made bad bets, but let's, I, let's make some good ones today. Let's do that. I posted a screenshot of my winnings the other night, and I get in the comments, well, how can you never post when you lose? You get tired of me posting if I lost. It's, it's a lot of posts. Yeah. I, I'm very open about it. Single entrepreneur myself. Those wins, one or two or three a season, make your season. So why not Yeah, it's something we talked about at the start of the year. I, I mean, if you're playing 150 mass multi-entry, that's a, it might be a little bit different. If you're playing single entry or something or single entry or three max or something like that, two, maybe three nights a year are going to make or break your entire season. And if you're playing every night, two or three times a year means if you're if you're if two times a year are your big nights, that means 99 out of 100, you know, basically 99 out of 100 slates are going to end up in varying levels of disappointment. And you just have to kind of get used to that. And I mean, it's really hard when the losses pile up for a month or two, but you just got to kind of stick with it and hope that it works out in the end. I was going to say. My first marriage got me used to constant disappointment, but maybe it's But <laughs> we should get into the slate. Yeah, let's uh, start before, talking about the games tonight, yeah. please. <laughs> before I completely go off the rails, I'm a bit tired. I'm a bit wired. Uh, so, yeah, uh, before we do, our brand new Odd Shopper uh, betting show is live every weekday uh, from 4 to 5 p.m. If you're into betting, join Lafayette, Ben, Greg, Eric, Atan, and the regular guys as they break down the night's best bet using the premium odds tools and data uh, they're on at 4 p.m. tonight and it's with Lafayette and Ben. So make sure to check that out. I'm sure they'll have some NCAA Sweet Sticks team bets for you, but make sure to check that out. Let's get into this slate. I'm actually glad the Minnesota Wild and Philadelphia Flyers are not on the slate. That would have been another game where I just wanted to bang my head against the wall. But let's start with the Canadians then. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens with a 2.3 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 4.2 total. That is large. Um, let's see. The, the top line is now Suzuki, Raphael, Harvey, Pinard, and uh, Mike Hoffman. The second line is Kirby Dock centering Johnny Duran and Dennis Gurionov. Brennan Gallagher back on the third line. That's just something to note for the next slate. This is a brutal matchup for them. I, I guess, like, that second line might actually be okay tonight. Like, the Krejci Pasternak Zaka line isn't anything to ride home about defensively. But, you know, on an 11 game slate, you really want to play Montreal on the road going to Boston? I don't think so. This is a Boston slate. Again, this is a. A Boston one for me. If you want to, you know, add in Pasternak is the. It's always the question in a good power play spot for the Bruins. How do we get Pasternak into that top line stack? Maybe you just add him in. Maybe you take off DeBrusque. Maybe you leave off Marshan. But you know, I like Boston here. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on Montreal. I mean, it is nice that the the whole top line is perfectly correlated on the power play, but it's also just about the worst matchup in hockey to be perfectly correlated in the power play in. Um, and I was, you know, I was, Rafael Harvey Pinard has nine shots in his last eight games. That's something that we've talked about is him and Suzuki have kind of been able to generate some quality. 
but the quantity has been so freak infrequent, sorry, that the quality doesn't really matter because they're just, they're just not generating enough. So I agree with you. If anything, it'd be Montreal too. Like at the least, Druan and Doc have nearly a hundred minutes together this season. At the least, they're above average, above league average by expected goals for per 60 minutes. Now the defensive numbers are horrible. <laughs> Um, but at least they're generating something offensively. So yeah, like if you want to go with like a one-off Gurianoff or, or something like that, I, I think that's that's perfectly fine. But I'm not stacking anything for Montreal. Question is what to do on the Boston side because there's not a lot of ownership right now on them. Six percent on the top line, four and a half percent on the second line, both coming in with positive leverage um, per the top stacks tool. Now, it is a problem. The ice time thing is a real issue, but it's only the issue in the sense that we've talked about it, that Boston won't play their players if it's if they have a handy lead. Like if they're up 3 nothing after the first period, Bergeron might not even play 15 minutes tonight. Um, but if it's like 2-1 Montreal halfway through the second, Bergeron and Marchand are probably going to play 18-19. You know, Marchand might reach 20 minutes. That's just kind of the way things go. So it's kind of... Um, it's, it's kind of that double-sided problem of they might not get a lot of ice time, but if they're not getting much ice time, it's because the team's probably scored a bunch of goals. Uh, and where Montreal's penalty kill is still so bad, I think this might be a good spot to really go with the power play stack. Um, you know, I think you can do triple wing. I think you can leave Bergeron off the stack if you want and go Marchand, DeBrusque, um, Pasternak. It's you might not find a double center stack you like elsewhere. So that's a whole other can of worms, but I don't mind that. Um, you know, again, if you want to take uh, the, you know, the off and put Pasternak on, I think you can do that as well. Um, the does has six points his last three games. So that feels kind of dangerous, <laughs> but um, it, it, with Montreal, you know, above average by time, shorthanded per game, um, the Boston power plays generally been good, even if they've been rotating the defenseman in and out. The problem lately has been shooting percentage. They're only shooting 11% on the power play this month, which is kind of low, pretty low for them, actually. Um, they're usually at least in the mid-teens. Um, and Montreal's penalty kill is still very bad. So, like, I really, really do like Boston one. I get the hesitation for um, for ice time concerns considering the price, and it's a big slate. So if you don't want to play them because of that, I think that's fine. Um but they're near the top of my list for priority here tonight, just because like they're going up against that Suzuki line and like Suzuki and Harvey Pinard just do not have good defensive numbers together. That's that's yeah. just the way it is. So I really do like Boston one here. Yeah. And adding Mike Hoffman to that line, certainly not going to help defensively. No, he is an abyss defensively. We'll just leave it at that. <sighs> New York Rangers, man, their total has been going down. During the day, they 2.6 total heading into Carolina. The Hurricanes have a three total. Igor Shesterkin confirmed. Freddie Anderson probable. Now, this is a home and home. They played on Tuesday in Madison Square Garden. Carolina came back and won three to two there. Now it's at home in Carolina. The kind of. So, like, I wasn't thrilled about playing Rangers at home against Carolina. Now they're on the road going into Carolina. I have less interest in them there. So honestly, I'm probably out on the Rangers. If you want to one off a guy here and there, I think that's fine. I'm more interested on the Carolina side here with them dictating matchups. And it's probably going to be Ajo, Netches, and Jarvis. 
their ownership not super high. I mean, they only have a three total, and it is going against Igor, who has looked better of late. It's just, you know, price-driven. They're pretty cheap here. We've always talked about Jarvis with Ajo. Adding Neches to the line says that Svechnikov is, you know, maybe Svechnikov is a better offensive player, but by how much, it's hard to quantify. So Carolina one for me probably is the only thing I'm interested in in this game. Yeah, I, I, one thing I, I want to mention on the Carolina side is line matching here. It's something we talk about a lot with Carolina because they typically have that Jordan Stahl line as a shutdown line going up against the opposing top lines, and it's just a brutal matchup. But I was looking at some recent game, some recent home games for Carolina. They're switching up the matching basically every game. Like there have been recent games where Ajo – even after Sveshnikov got hurt, where Aho has gone out against top competition, there have been games where Kakinyemi's gone out against top competition. There have been games where Jordan Stahl has gone out against top competition. So I don't really know how the line matching is going to work out here. To be frank, I don't think it matters all that much. Like all the Carolina lines are typically pretty good defensively because their blue line is so good. So I, I'm not worried about line matching per se. I am worried about this matchup. Carolina's penalty kill is generally elite. Has been pretty much all season. Was all last season. Um, and the Rangers power play has been one of the ways they've been kind of getting there um, in DFS over the last few weeks. So I'm with you. I'm out on the Rangers. Carolina, what to do with them is a little bit more interesting. Like, I know people might look at Jordan Martinook on the second line and just kind of, you know, brush him off or whatever Martinuk. he's a good player like he's a legitimately good player his problem over the last few years I mean one it's Carolina at, likes him in a checking role so he's usually playing with Jordan Stahl and the other's been health it's him you know just staying on the ice when he's healthy and on the ice he's very good and I don't mean like just good defensively I mean he can create shots he's not a bad playmaker like I you know obviously a guy like Natchez or Sveshnikov on that second line um, would uh, be a lot better, but Martin Oak's not a pushover. So, like, if you're looking for one of those filler-type stacks, I don't mind Carolina 2 here because they are really cheap tonight on DraftKings. And, you know, Kakaniemi and Teravainen have typically just dominated the play when they have played together. I was looking at their numbers without – Sveshnikov or Natchez on their line. So and anybody but the elite wingers from Carolina, they're controlling nearly 66% of the expected goal share, even without an elite winger on their line. They are running over the competition. So I don't mind that Carolina two line as a filler type if you need a really cheap stack because you have something really expensive elsewhere. Maybe, you know, we'll get to like Tampa or Florida or whatever. Maybe you're paying up big time there. So I don't mind it in that sense. But if I was to pick a stack that I like out of this game the best, I agree with you, it's Carolina 1. Um, even without Sveshnikov there, Ajo and Jarvis, 3.6 expected goals for per 60 minutes this year, 5-5, five five, 3.4 actual goals for. Like they're scoring 3.4 actual goals per 60 minutes, which is nearly 40% above the league average. And their shooting percentage is well below league average. That's just how much they're generating, even without Sveshnikov on that line. So I'm with you. I really do like Carolina one the best in this game, but I wouldn't overlook Carolina two as a filler type if you really need a super cheap stack. Yeah, they're actually yeah. I didn't realize the price. They're under 10k. They're like they're really cheap. Are they? No, they're 
exactly 10k yeah 10k flat and ownership coming in is between one and two percent it's not that much yeah did you miss your deadline to renew your medicaid coverage you can still send your completed annual review form to healthy connections medicaid you may be assigned to another health plan but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed medicaid eligibility it's your family it's your choice First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. For sure. St. Louis Blues with a 3.1 total. Heading into Detroit, the Red Wings have a 3.3 total. Joel Hoffer, Magnus Helberg confirmed. Um, Blues going with... Jake Neighbors, Rob Thomas, Jordan Kyrou is the top line. Sammy Blay, Pavel Buchnevich, Kasperi Kapanen, and then Saad, Shen, and Vrana as the third line. I kind of get why they're putting Jake Neighbors up with Thomas and Kyrou. Uh, they want to see what they have with him. I don't understand why Sammy Blay is on the second line with Buchnevich and Kapanen over Vrana. That being said, I actually don't mind Vrana with Shen and Saad. Uh, minutes are a bit wonky, but they're going to get depth of Detroit, which is just absolute disaster at this point. So I do have some interest in the Blues here. I like I see the ownership on Detroit one in the three point three total, around four or five percent, and it's fine. But it's just like P.S. Tudor sucks. Raymond has had a bad offensive season. His offensive impacts are just absolute disaster, and I see the. Double-digit ownership on the second line. Andrew Kopp is having a god-awful season. If you want to do, like, one-off Perron, I think that's fine. But, like, I don't have much interest in the Wings tonight. Yeah, I I, I want to start on the Detroit side, and it's the line matching I want to mention first. Because of late, Detroit has been using Andrew Kopp quite a bit in a shutdown role. Now, tonight, I don't know what you would say – St. Louis's top line is, I would assume most people would think it's Kairou Thomas, even with Jake Neighbors there, right? Probably. So I, yeah, so I think Cop is going to be going into that matchup. And we'll have to see what Detroit 2 looks like because Kubalik was there last game. Adam Ernie was there at morning skate, but then they said Ernie isn't playing tonight. So I assume Kubalik's going back to the second line, but I guess we'll find out at warm-up. Um but that cop line, Kubalik, Perron, cop, 120 minutes together this year, three expected goals against per 60 minutes, only 2.14. They're getting run over as Andrew Cop has been all season long. 
And like, I don't think St. Louis one is going to be a very good line. Thomas Cairo neighbors. I really don't. It wouldn't surprise me to see Jake neighbors on a different line by the second period. I, I, I get that they want to see what they have in him. I just don't think he's that good of a player. Um, they're in a different spot right now, but I don't think it's a great, I don't think it's a bad matchup at all for that line. And Thomas and Cairo have generally been able to generate goals, even though they're not generating a lot of quantity and it's just how talented they are. Right. Like they, and they've been playing together for a few years now and there's no ownership coming in on that St. Louis top line, which I get because there are neighbors is not on any power play unit. Thomas is on quote the top unit. And then uh, Cairo is on the second unit. So there's absolutely no power play correlation. I haven't been playing St. Louis blues with power play correlation of mine all season long. <laughs> I don't know why you would that their power play sucks, man. So like, I don't, that doesn't bother me at all. So you're telling me I can get Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas with positive leverage going against Magnus Helberg because Huso's hurt in the Andrew cop matchup. Yeah. I don't care about uh power play correlation here. It's Cairo Thomas and neighbors. I like best in this game by quite a bit. Um, on the Detroit side, I don't mind the top line for Detroit, which feels weird to say, cause usually I'm pretty against Larkin and Raymond. Um, but they're going to be going out against that second line for St. Louis. And I can't imagine Kapanen and Sammy blaze are going to be able to shut down anybody. <laughs> so, um, especially with Larkin and Raymond on the top power play unit, if you just want to use those two and, and keep Suter off, I think that's fine. But. I think Detroit one is play, certainly playable here, getting second and third line matchups, but it is St. Louis one I like best. But that also is why I like the St. Louis third line. Now their minutes are kind of bad, but like Shen's a shooter, Verano's a shooter and a good playmaker. They're going to get like Zadina, Valeno, Luff, or like the Chiesa online. So like I don't mind taking a flyer there either. But yeah, like in this matchup, you want to go with their best players, and that's Thomas and Kairou. Yeah. I mean, like. Jake Neighbors is min price if you want to leave him off, whatever. You want to add in a power play guy to match one of the units, whatever. But, like, Krug might be out, so Nicoletti could be running a unit. So you might as well just, like, not – just don't worry about it. Like, just play the line that you like. And, you know, the top line has their best players. Shen and Kairou could be interesting for DFS because just of depth matchups and their offensibility. So – and I mean, here's another thing is I know people are, might want to play um, that Vrana Shen sad line and I get it and I don't have a problem with playing them. Um, and they might want to do it because Shen and Vrana are on the second power play unit together. So there's some power play correlation there, yeah, but that's the Tory Krug unit and Tory Krug's not playing tonight. And that means Nick Letty's probably running that power play. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. Kairu Thomas. Yeah. I mean, I think blues fan, our esteemed blues fan, Matt Nihas, can run the second unit better than Nick Letty could at this point. So, yeah, I, I think I'm in agreement with you. Again, I don't have issue with Shannon Kairou just from the pure, it's a good five on five matchup, but I wouldn't use them with the power play in mind because they suck already. And with Letty, they're going to suck even more. So, Toronto Maple Leafs with a 3.3 total. Heading into Florida, the Panthers have a 3.6 total. Matt Murray's probable. Sergey Robert Trofsky, Bobrovsky is confirmed. Leafs had an optional this morning. So, I don't know. Matthews could be playing with Kerfoot again. He could be playing with Sam Lafferty and Noel Asaiberry. We just don't even know. 
I like the Panthers here regardless. Like with the, with the Leafs banged up, they're just not great defensively. That's second line, regardless of who's the center, Sam Bennett or E2 Oosteran and who will be there tonight. There's there's just humming offensively. They're coming in with not a lot of ownership here. I get if you want to go to that Barkov, Reinhardt, Lundell line, they're cheap or they're cheaper. You know, they're 16-5, but they're getting heavy ownership. And they're really just not that good. So I'd rather just go to one of the best lines in the NHL, Kachuk, Lusteron, and Verhage. It doesn't matter if they get the Tavares line, they get the Lafferty line, they get the Matthews line. There isn't a line combination that the Leafs could put together right now outside of maybe like Matthews, Marner, Yarncroft, where I'd worry like, you know what, maybe that's going to be a really good defensive line. But I don't see them doing that, so I'm interested in the Kachuk line. Yeah, we don't like you said. We don't know what the Toronto lines are going to be, and that's the first problem. Now, I was looking at at that game log, and they basically kept Matthews and Yarncroft together and moved Kerfoot off, and they kept Tavares and Bunting together and moved Marner off. And it feels they always talk about playing with pairs of players, and it feels weird that the pairs right now are Matthews and Yarncroft and Tavares. Uh, in bunting and then like Nylander and Marner are just kind of floating around the team but that's how bad things are going for Toronto right now is that they don't have places for Nylander and Marner to play game in and game out um Florida one is going to take the top line matchups Barkov almost always takes top line matchups so that means he's going to be going out against the Matthews line I think that's going to be Toronto's best defensive line like I, I agree with you that I'm not super concerned about matchups I think if you were to ask me what Toronto's best defensive line is going to be, it would be Matthews, Yarncroc, X, X, whether it's Kerfoot or Nylander, Marner. I mean, Sam Lafferty, maybe the Mo- Eric Gustafson up there. I mean, the hell knows. Ilya Samson off top line right wing. That would be great. Uh, it, it, can it be any worse than David Camp? No. <laughs> so, um, so Mar- Matthews and Yarncroc have fine defensive numbers together. Tavares and Bunting have terrible defensive numbers together, which kind of makes sense. Tavares isn't a good defensive player at this stage of his career. The reason why they typically have good defensive numbers is he's been playing a lot with Marner and Yarncroft. Like that's, those are two pretty good defensive wingers to have. Um, We'll have to see what they look like at warmups, but if Marner's not on his line and it's JT and Bunting and they've got terrible defensive numbers and they're going out against that Kachuk Verhage Lusterine in line, I think I'm with you. I like Florida too again here tonight, like just saddling right back up. Uh, the one thing that concerns me here is something we talked about in our discord was that the power play with Florida has been a lot better with Carter Verhage instead of Aaron Ekblad. I mean, who could have seen that coming, putting a 40 goal scorer on the top power play unit instead of a second defenseman. But, you know, I don't get paid a million dollars to coach in the NHL. So they have a much better power play now, but Toronto's got a really good penalty kill and they don't take a lot of penalties either. So that's the one thing that kind of concerns me, but I agree with you. I think it's a really, really good matchup for Florida too, especially with the way, like they're not going to see much of the top line. They're going to see a lot of the second line. And if they don't see much, whatever they don't see the second line, it's going to be the bottom six. And you and I have been talking about how just, like not even NHL caliber that Toronto bottom six has been basically this entire month since the trade deadline. So I'm with you. I really like Florida two here. Toronto's interesting 
because Florida's not a good defensive team, right? Like we can extol the virtues of how good they are offensively, and that's great for us in DFS. But outside that Barkoff, Lundell, Reinhardt line, there is not a good defensive line on this team. And really. I'm looking at Toronto, and yeah, we have to wait to see what line what um, line combinations look like. But right now, we have Marner on the top line, and that line's coming in at 6%. And so I see a Matthews-Marner line coming in at 6% in a pretty good matchup because Florida does take a lot of penalties. I think I kind of like Toronto 1 here. As long as Matthews gets one of Marner or Nylander, as long as he's not saddled with a couple boat anchors, I kind of like the Toronto top line here tonight. But I'm with you. I think overall I like Florida 2 best. Yeah, and there was no morning skate. So if at warm-ups you see Matthews, Marner, Yarncrock or Matthews, Marner, Nylander even, people are going to be scrambling. They're, that's going to be a low line. I agree with you. If they're if they're together, at least one of them's there. Even if it's Matthews, Yarncrock, Nylander, Matthews, Yarncrock, Marner, I have interest there. Panthers are just awful defensively. They take a ton of penalties. So, yeah, I think this is a good spot to go to the Leafs' top line. The best way to make money from the sports books is to take advantage of great promo offers when they become available. We got one for you guys. Click the link below to take advantage. Bet365 up their offer big time. This is the best offer we've ever had. If you bet $1, uno, I don't know, that's the only other language I know is Spanish. So one or uno, get $365 in bonus bets at 365. Obviously, deposit required. Bonus bets winnings are added to a bonus bet balance. Bonus bet wager excluded from returns. Obviously, there's terms and conditions. It's, you know, the general terms and conditions there. You'll get 365 in bonus bets. Um, It's available in New Jersey, Colorado, Ohio, and Virginia. Bet 365 is slowly getting into more states around the country. Uh, I know up by Cliffy Land in the middle of the Atlantic, uh, Bet 365 is available. I actually really like that 365, especially for uh, hockey goal bets. It's they're always mispriced compared to the other books. So if you're into hockey betting, you're in one of New Jersey, Colorado, Ohio, Virginia, um, and you've never signed up. This is a great deal. You've 365 x your money. Uh, you know, there's tons of sports. If you're a big curling guy, that you can bet curling on there. Uh, so yeah, click the link in the description below. Take advantage of that. It's not very often you can get $365 in bets for as little as a dollar. So take advantage of that. Let's move on to the next one here. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 3.5 total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a 3.2 total. Andre Vasilevsky probable. Mad Sogard is confirmed. I don't know, man. Like, again, this is a really good spot for the Lightning. And again, like, they're just kind of doing stuff on the ice. Like, I don't know what how else to say it. Like, they should have, like, destroyed the Canadians two games in a row. They just kind of, like, went through it. You know what I mean? There, But there's not a lot of ownership on this top line. And the Sens are not good defensively at all. So I think going back to the Lightning here makes some sense. I also like the Sens here because the Tampa Bay penalty kill has been pretty bad recently. And the Senators like the Canucks are very power play oriented where the, you know, they have to score on the power play to score. So I, I think there's some merit to go into the sense here. Yeah, there is. And 
I'm oh, Brian Elliott got confirmed, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think I like – I mean, there is a lot to like on both sides, so I'm going to take a little bit of time here. The top line for Ottawa was Drew there. It's been really good lately. Like, what we had been saying, like, basically since Christmas, <laughs> right up until the trade deadline a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago – was that it was all shooting percentage related. All they needed to do was just not shoot six or seven percent at five on five, and they would start filling the net. And guess what? They've started filling the net in the month of March 4.6 goals per 60 minutes of five on five for that top line. Now they haven't played a lot together because Batson was up there for a couple games. So they only have about 80 minutes, but they're also just generating 4.2 expected goals. So the shot and expected goals generation has stayed there. And now the goals are starting to finally come. And Tim Stutzla has 32 shots in his last 10 games. He's playing 23 minutes a night, you know, over three shots per game. Claude Giroux is not on the top power play unit and is still averaging three shots a game over his last 10 games. I, I didn't bother checking Brady Kachuk's, but I'm sure he's at like nine shots a game over his last 10 games or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they're generating a lot. The Tampa Bay top, I mean... This is a Tampa Bay is another team. We don't know what the line combinations are going to be. It was an optional skate today, and they nuked their lines last game, as they have been doing quite a bit. I'm assuming they go back to what they started with, which means Brandon Hagel on the top line with Point and Kucherov. But I mean, that's another one. We'll see a warm up. Their defensive numbers were been below average of late. Um, and I don't think that should be shocking if you've been watching the Tampa Bay Lightning over the last couple of weeks. But I don't think it makes that bad of a matchup for that Ottawa top line. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay's penalty kill is not like super elite. Like this isn't uh, like, you're, you know, it's not a Carolina or a Boston penalty kill or anything like that. So it's not something to really be feared. Their time shorthand is basically league average. I don't think it's that bad of a matchup for Ottawa one. And, you know, no ownership here. Three and a half percent. Like they're I, like, I don't want to say they're on par with Boston one for me. They're pretty close, though. and. I am like the as the day's gone on, I've been talking to myself more and more to, in Ottawa. Um, I would go with their top line, their second line. I, I just don't like that line combination. I, I still think Alex DeBrincat really needs just a genuinely good playmaker, and there's not one. The Pinto's not that, and Batherson's not that. So, um, Ottawa won for me. I mean, on the Tampa side, it's hard to say what to play when you don't know what the lines are going to be. Um, I don't mind if they go back to Stamkos, Sorelli, Kalorn. I certainly don't mind going back to that. 
Um, or even if it's like Stamkos, Paul, Kalorn, or something like that. Um, Stamkos and Paul have generally been uh, generating a lot of offense together of late, if they are together. Uh, you know, Stamkos and Kalorn on the top power play unit. That Ottawa second line's been pretty bad defensively. Like, that, I think that's the second and third lines, I think, is where a lot of the bad defense has been coming from for Ottawa of late. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be I'm in more on Tampa 2 tonight, assuming Stamkos and Kalorn are together. If they're not, I would probably default back to Tampa 1, but at that point, I probably just would be playing Tampa. Yeah, and man... I know a few years ago, Alexis Lafreniere was the consensus number one, and 100 out of 100 would have picked Lafreniere one. But who, Timmy Stutzla is the class of that draft. I, I mean, he's like him and Jake Sanderson both. Like, I, Jake Sanderson was, was a pick that got pretty widely panned at the time. And I don't know, man. Jake Sanderson might be a top pair defenseman right now, like yeah. not in two or three years, like today. There's give them give them some time. Like Buffalo, they just need some time. Yeah, man. The Suns front office got slagged for Brady Kachuk too. Like, just relax, man. They apparently know what they're doing when in the draft. Free agency, another story, but drafting, pretty good. Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.5 total heading into Washington. The Capitals have a 3.9 total. Anton Kudobin, baby, and Darcy Kemper are confirmed. God, I hate this game. Um, Alex Ovechkin under 10% ownership projected right now. I think you can one off him. I think you can add him in with Strom. I, I just like, I just don't want to full stack anything on either side. I hate this game. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> it's, it's, it's giving some serious Tuesday Columbus yeah. Washington vibes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that game ended up with 13 goals. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked the other day about the bad defensive numbers for Ovechkin and Tom Wilson, and they certainly do. But with Dowd back healthy now and Sheary back healthy now and protests in the lineup ostensibly, um, they're going to be out used as a shutdown line, which is kind of funny because I have no idea what shutdown line they're going to be going out or what line they're going to be going out against. It could be anyone before. <laughs> yeah, like I, I assume Reichel and Athens to see you, but I guess Tyler Johnson and Taylor Radish and Jason Dickinson are, quote, veterans of sorts, uh, even if uh, Radish has only been there a couple seasons uh, in the NHL, sorry. Anyways, all that is to say, I'm pretty sure that Strom and Wilson and Ovechkin are going to be getting second and third line matchups from Chicago here, and um, assuming that um, that means going out against like Reichel or Kershev or whatever, and then going out against the third line, those are great matchups. Like the Radish um, Dickinson line actually hasn't been bad defensively, like pretty close to league average. It's the other lines that have been pretty bad defensively. And I think that makes a pretty good matchup for Washington one here. Um, Ovechkin and Strom are both on the top power play unit. Um, Chicago's penalty kill hasn't been terrible. Washington is getting John Carlson back. We have to remember the power play wasn't doing well when Carlson got hurt. Uh, I mean, glad to see John Carlson's alive, by the way, considering the injury that he suffered. Yeah, that was nasty. Fractured skull and an artery bleed in his brain. Not great. Um, good to see him back. Absolutely. But the power play wasn't doing well in the first half of the season before he got hurt. And it had been playing pretty, it had been pretty going pretty well. 
once Rasmus Sandin got there. So I'm kind of interested how that works out, especially where Chicago doesn't take a lot of penalties. Like I said, the penalty kill hasn't been atrocious or anything like that. Certainly not like, you know, Montreal or Anaheim quality. Um, so I, you know, I think Washington one is perfectly acceptable here. Uh, I think the Oshi Milano Backstrom line makes a reasonable filler. Like I know they're coming in a little bit over owned, but you get Backstrom and Oshi on the top power play unit. Uh, Milano and Oshi have been pretty good at generating offense together this year, at least above average. Um, they're going to get third and fourth line matchups against this Blackhawks roster. So I don't mind them as a filler, but I really do like the matchup for Washington one here. I, I think I'm with you at the very least. Alex Ovechkin re- requires strong consideration as a one-off. Yeah. You don't really want to have uh, this is Captain Obvious take, but you really don't want to have major hip injuries in the NHL. Tyre Sagan, Nick Backstrom, shells of their former self, but I think this is a fine spot for Backstrom. But yeah, Ovechkin easily my favorite. Like Ankon Kudobin, I honestly didn't even know he was still in the NHL. He wasn't. He was in the AHL. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that, I mean, he, I didn't yeah, even he, know he was an option. No, he was in the AHL with Dallas. Scott Wedgwood won the backup role, and they sent. Uh, who'd open to the HL? He's been there all season and he got. I, I don't even know what trade. Oh, it was Max Domi trade. Um, he got sent the Max Domi trade, so well, here he is. Like, I, I don't know, he he's not a terrible goalie. I, I guess we're gonna find out. <laughs> Questions will be answered. Yeah. Uh, min price goalie again, Seattle cracking with a 3.4 total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a three total. Joey Decord price hasn't moved for some reason. Is confirmed. UC Saros only eight hundred dollars more at home. Uh, probable. Oh man, the other night was Nashville night, and you, you just hate to see it <laughs> because if he it's really Nashville did. night, it's not going to be Josh's night. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. They're not coming in with much ownership here, but like I feel like. We got their ceiling game the other night against the Sabres. Like, the Seattle Kraken are a decent team. I, I don't know. Like, not too much interest in the Predators here. If anything, it would be that top line, assuming they're together. Or, like, one-offing uh, Luke Evangelista with Tom- Tommy Novak. But, like, they're kind of expensive for their role. I'm more on the Seattle side here. The problem is it's, like, two lines are getting ownership here. Like Beneers, McCann, Eberle getting around 9% just feels bad. Like they just don't create enough for me, which leads me to go to the Gore, Tolvin, and Bjorkstrand line. But like they haven't been great. But like this national team's so bad. What are you doing here? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and, and it's funny you mentioned the ceiling game. So I was looking at like Matt Duchesne's last 10. Uh, to see his game log, he has four points in his last ten games and three points came out of that game. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think they reached their ceiling in that one. Um, it's one of those games where all the lines are probably going to come in over owned, or all the relevant lines anyway. But it's not like you can just ignore it, right? Um, I mean, I guess you can. I mean, you can do anything you want, I suppose. Uh, but there is a three and a half total here. Both teams have have an implied total of at least three. So like, I don't want to just outright ignore it. So you got to go fishing through the lines to see what's working and what's not. Um, I know that Duchesne line had an amazing game last game. Um, 
Duchesne and Glass, even though Evangelista was on a different line and he had four points. Um, they're just not gener- like they're just not generating anything. Two point four expected goals for per sixty minutes, five on five. Two point seven actual goals for shooting nearly ten percent. Like they're way above the league average by shooting percentage and just above average by uh, goal scoring. It's because they're not generating anything. And yeah, Seattle's had some tough times generating on their own lately, but the the defense has been good. The problem has been the goaltending, which it has typically been this season. So. You know, it's not a great matchup for them. They're coming in over-owned. I think I'm out on the Duchesne line. The Novak line is interesting. They're starting to get a little expensive. It's nothing crazy. 12300 as a line on DraftKings. I'm talking about Novak, Evangelista, and Sherwood. You get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit in Novak and Evangelista. Seattle's penalty kill has been better, but typically not that great this year. And that line for Nashville has been generating a ton. Three and a half expected goals for per 60 minutes at five on five this season for that Novak Evangelista Sherwood line. We're not at a big sample yet. We're at about 70 minutes. Um, But they are generating a lot. And Tommy Novak, I was looking today, his scoring chance contributions, like his individual scoring chances plus assists on a teammate scoring chance, really good. And not even and like really good for Nashville and just pretty good overall. Uh, so I think there's a you know Evangelista is a guy that is a highly touted prospect. So it is a small sample; it's only 70 minutes. But I think we have to at least you know consider the possibility that this just might be a good offensive line because Novak has played well basically all season. Evangelista does have a good pedigree. They could just be good. So I don't mind that Nashville second line as a filler type. I think you can leave off Sherwood if you want. You can leave him in if you want as well. It depends, you know, your salary and roster needs. But I would focus on the least on a on a Novak and Evangelista. Um, I don't mind that duo here tonight. Uh, on the Seattle side, uh, it's Gord Tolvin and Bjorkstrand for me for the simple fact that um, Tolvin and Bjorkstrand are on the top power play unit. And that top power play has been one of the few bright spots for Seattle um, Seattle special teams this season. They've been really good over the last month. Uh, Nashville is above average by time shorthanded per game. The penalty kill has typically been pretty good, but it's all UC Saros. It's not necessarily the penalty kill. So I don't mind that Gord Tolvin and Bjorkstrand line. They have been playing reasonably well um, of late. Uh, like I said, you do get two out of three guys on the top power play unit, but they are coming in over own. And I'm going to be honest, like six and a half percent Gord Tolvin and Bjorkstrand or under 2% Novak Evangelista Sherwood at home. I'd go with the Nashville guys. So I think I like Nashville more than Seattle here tonight. Yeah. Here's the caveat. The issue I have with Novak Evangelista, it's their head coach, the head coach, the last four games, they've had two games above 17 minutes and they've had two games below 15 minutes for whatever reason john hines loves the colton and yakov trent and cole smith line so there is a chance these guys only play 15 minutes tonight there's also a chance they could play 18 minutes for one per one two percent i'm willing to find out but you just have to be prepared for like 1348 from luke evangelista tonight it's kind of expensive for that but like I don't know. Like I, I'm willing to gamble on that ownership 
and just hope that John Hines plays them 16, 17. Right. Like I, I I'm willing to gamble on Nashville, Nashville at home when they're one to 2% owned, not 20 to 30% owned like they have been over the previous couple weeks. Yeah. Chalk Nashville. Just. Oh, yeah. Bacon loves Nashville. Someone woke up and just not about chalk Nashville. Apparently let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to the Vegas Golden Knights with a 2.8 total. Heading into Calgary, the Flames have a 3.3 total. Logan Thompson is back and confirmed. That's good news. Jacob Markstrom, also confirmed. That's not very good news. Um, he's been atrocious this season. If, if they had Markstrom from last season, this would be one of the best teams in the NHL. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't think that's a massive stretch. <sighs> Logan Thompson, Vegas' best goalie this season. I, I just, uh, this, this, like the flames have been giving me a headache all season. Cause fun, the, like they start to get like good samples on the lines and they start playing well. And then they mix up the line. I have no interest in the Kadri Dubay Richie line. I kind of have interest in back on Coleman, but Huberdo is just completely useless for DFS. I kind of like Lindholm to fully Mangiapani. Like I, I guess they're fine, but like they spread out the ice time so evenly that like I I just I can't get behind. Calgary, like if anything, would be Lindholm to fully Mangiapane, just because they're fully correlated. They're not wildly expensive. They're under 16K. The thing is, like, Vegas doesn't take a lot of penalties. They have a very good penalty kill. So, like, they're going to have to get their own five on five, which which they can. They have a 3.3 total. But I just depending on the matchups, they're going to avoid the eichel marcheseau Barbashev line, which is their worst defensive line. So, like, I don't have much interest in this game. Uh, I do have a little bit of interest in this game uh, from the Calgary perspective. Talk to me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's just the way Vegas has been playing, right? Um, we look, you know, we talked about this in our Discord earlier. Vegas has just legitimately been one of the worst teams in the NHL this month. Um, what is bailing them out is good goaltending at times and uh, good penalty kill at times. Certainly not their five-on-five play. Um, you know, if you want to look just over the last 10 games, the, every single regular player 
in the Vegas lineup over the last 10 games is below average defensively by expected goals against. Every single one of them. That's how bad the team has been defensively of late. Um, there's not a matchup that I'm really concerned about from the Vegas side here. This isn't a matchup where you focus on the power play either. Vegas is the least penalized team in the NHL. Um, so you don't want to, you know, really pick on their power play. It's Tofoli Lindholm Manjapani that I like here. And I like them a fair bit. The ice time is a concern, but I feel like that's kind of priced into it where they're fit under 16,000 on DraftKings. Um, the the top line for Calgary, or not the top line, just Manjipani and Toffoli. We talked about this on Tuesday's show. They've been able to generate shot quality this year where that's really been a struggle for Calgary for a lot of their line combinations. Manjipani and Toffoli on the ice together this year, three or, or 4.0 expected goals generated per 60 minutes of 5 on 5. Sorry. 72, that's on 72 shot attempts generated per 60 minutes. They're just generating a ton of offense. And the way Calgary's running their lines now, they're going to get the second and third line matchups, which I'd like to see them out against Barbashev. But if they get some matchups against that Vegas third line, that Kessel-Stevenson-Cotter line, that Vegas third line's getting like Vader choked every single night. Um, If Calgary's top line's going to see some of them at 5-on-5, I really do have interest in Calgary one here tonight. Like they're not a priority for me or anything. Um, but if you're looking for a mid price stack, that's probably going to be under 5% owned here tonight. Um, I think Calgary one's it on the Vegas side. I mean, I'm out on the Eichel line. I don't, <laughs> I don't mess around with the Backlund Coleman matchup. That's just not something I would do personally. Um, so then I think it's Smith Carlson and Dorfeyev that I would like the best. Uh, here's the problem is that Markstrom has been playing a lot better lately. Calgary's penalty kill is generally very good. Um, Raleigh Smith's not really shooting the puck much 13 shots in his last 10 games, and at 12,100 on DraftKings, they're basically the same price as that Nashville Novak Evangelista, as both Nashville lines, um, that we just talked about. Um, you know, we're going to talk about a San Jose line a little bit later. That's the same price. Same thing with Dallas. So I think there are just other lines in that price range I like better, which is why I'm not really high on Vegas two here. So I think I'm out on Vegas here tonight and it's Calgary one I like the most. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look through some Calgary one stuff and some Vegas stuff. But, I, you know, I want to get behind Vegas because Markstrom's just been brutal, but it's not much there. Pittsburgh Penguins with a three total heading into Dallas. The Stars have a 3.5 total. Casey DeSmith is probable after Yari uh, went and missed on the empty net like nine times last night. Sad. Jake Ottinger is confirmed. Is back-to-back on the road for Pittsburgh. Dallas top line, a little bit under double digits here. Pittsburgh has been a train wreck defensively recently. I don't like Casey DeSmith as a goalie. I have a lot of interest in the Dallas top line. I think Wyatt Johnson, Jamie Benn makes for a nice filler. I like the Stars. Um, I'm worried that the ownership does creep up more throughout the day, but this is a very good matchup. Yeah, I just I'm, – I'm, I'm kind of wondering how – um, line matching is going to work out here because they 
were on a super long road trip and just came home and the first team they played was Seattle and Seattle just, I mean, they have a top line, but they really don't. Um, so they really spread out the matching uh, in that game against Seattle, which, you know, it's a little bit of a concern because you like to know what the line matching is because that, the reason for that is the Pittsburgh second line as it's currently constructed um, with Zucker there, with uh, Raquel there has not been very good defensively. I was looking just since January 1st, 170 minutes together at five on five, 3.4 expected goals against for 60 minutes off the top of my head. That's about 36% worse than the league average. And Five actual goals against for 60 minutes because the Pittsburgh goaltending has just been atrocious. Uh, that is a pretty good matchup for whatever line would probably be going into the second line. Now, or uh, yeah, into the second line, sorry. Now, I think it's going to be that Johnston-Ben line that is going to get that matchup. So it would seem that I would like the Ben johnston Donoff line quite a bit. They are coming in with a fair bit of ownership here. Uh, but they are getting minutes. Like they're basically getting the same minutes. The top line are the only difference is you only have Ben on the top power play unit versus the entire top line on the top power play. unit. That's been basically the difference. Um, but that second line has been generating a ton, 3.1 expected goals for per 60 minutes in the month of March. Why Johnston's been playing like 18 minutes a night of late as a rookie on the second line for a playoff team. Uh, he has 16 shots in his last five games as well. I mean, I, I like the entire Dallas top six here, but I think going back to Dallas two, I think that makes a lot of sense here. Um, you know, if you don't want to play what could be a bad Nashville line, um, this is one of those lines that's in that 12 to 13 K range on DraftKings that I would absolutely play as a filler. So I like Dallas two. I'm not in on Pittsburgh here tonight. Like I know they're not coming in with much ownership and, for that reason, like they are playable, but there are a lot of spots here tonight that really aren't getting a lot of ownership. Florida that we already talked about. We talked about Toronto earlier, certainly Ottawa. I just think there are other better spots that are coming in similarly low on that I would rather play. So I think for me, it's the Dallas top six mainly. I think I like the filler stack better, but I wouldn't argue with either of the top two lines. Get one free month stochastic plus platinum and up to a hundred dollar deposit match bonus. When you sign up and make a deposit at Prize Picks, click in the link description below to sign up. Uh, it will take you to where you need to go. Uh, Prize Picks is a prop based contest. If you are in a state that doesn't have legal sports betting, I like going on Prize Picks. It's not legal in New Jersey, but sports betting is legal. But if you're in one of those states, I think you need to be on Prize Picks. Five player lineups can net you up to 10x your entry fees. Um, you know, sometimes Jake puts out a prize picks. There's also a uh, – it's not a prize picks chat per se. What's it called? It is um, – let me find it. Over on Discord? Yeah, there's like a who, – who just mentioned it? There's some kind of um, – I think it's called like the chalkboard chat where people like post discords. Check on the Stochastic website. You can get into that Discord for free. A whole bunch of people uh, post about prospects there. So check that out. Um, and yeah, if you get the one free month, the Pass Plus Platinum will get included is the uh, 
the tool that we show from time to time. And you can take advantage of the, uh, I am struggling with this read, but we'll just move on. Winnipeg Jets with a 3.6 total. Heading into Anaheim, the Ducks have a 2.5 total. Connor Hellbuck is probable. Lucas Dostal is confirmed. Somehow we got Ducks lines this morning. We are blessed. Uh, Vetrano is still up with Stroman Zegras, second line of McTavish, Jones, and Terry, third line of Jakob Silverberg, Isak, Olandestrom, and Nikita Nestorenko. Uh, Jets, I didn't see Skate, but I think they're going back to Niederreiter. Niederreiter, Shifley, Ehlers? Uh, no, Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler, Connor Dubois, Niederreiter. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. <sighs> This is this is like a flowchart season. This is what the flowchart was built for. I just like I I get if you want to play the Jets tonight. I just I this team has been so up and down recently. If you want to play them, you can play them. Like th- this is a unbelievably good matchup. I just think there are lines in similar price points that I just like better. It's a 3.6 total. So if you want to play the Jets here, go for it. They have Dostal and Net. None of their lines are good defensively. Their penalty kills terrible. Just for me, in my one lineup, I just think I'm gonna look elsewhere. Yeah, I I mean it's a matter of what you want to do with the lines. It's like you can put Connor Dubois and Nita Rider into your lineup. It's perfectly correlated on the power play probably come in around 10%, maybe a little bit higher. That's all perfectly fine. But then you're playing a Winnipeg stack going into Anaheim, maybe the best ma- road matchup in the league for Winnipeg and not playing Mark Shifley. Like that, you know what I mean? That just kind of feels drawing a little thin. So like I'm, I've, I've been drawing a blank about how I'd want to stack up Winnipeg here tonight. I think it's certainly focusing on the power play guys. Cause this is a really good power play spot for him. Anaheim well above average by time, shorthanded per game. The penalty kills awful. We all know all this. Um, I'm wondering how good Winnipeg actually is right now. You know what I mean? It's a fair, fair question. This team has not been playing very well for a while. Um, I wonder how much of it might be related to Josh Morrissey um, and injury. Uh, he, you know, he's been playing fine. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he's kind of not really looked like himself of late, which, you know, if you're basically playing on one leg, that really makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, he has the worst expected goals against of any Winnipeg defenseman this month. And when you think of the Winnipeg defenseman, like, you know, they're playing like Dylan Sandberg and Logan Stanley and Josh Morrissey's the, been their worst defensive defenseman this month. I think he's playing. I think he's trying to gut out what he's is going to be a pretty bad injury. Yeah. So I'm really worried about playing Winnipeg here. And I hate, I hate saying this because, you know, maybe he's not as hurt as I think. And I'm overthinking this and overblowing it. But I don't think you can go a whole month being the team's worst defenseman when a month ago people were saying you might win the Norris Trophy. That's a it's just a cataclysmic fall off in one month. I it has to be injury that he's gutting it through. 
So that worries me because there's no one else on that blue line that can move the puck. Pionk can do it, if, you know, if it's the right day for him. Other than that, man, there's no one that can move the puck. And that concerns me for Winnipeg. So if I'm stacking Winnipeg, I don't think I'm playing any of the defensemen. And I think I might just actually do four power play forwards instead. And, or at the very least, focus on the, the four power play forwards that the Dubois line plus Shifley. That's where I am here. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, on the Anaheim side, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, uh, the top line for with Vetrano there, uh, we've talked about this in the Discord earlier. It might be the worst defensive line in hockey. Well, anyone with Stroman Vetrano, like not, they were not, the Rangers last year, they were awful. Not just this season either. I mean, like in it, like in the salary cap era, one of the worst defensive lines that we've ever seen. So that's kind of the balance here. Is like it's it's a Really, really good matchup for Winnipeg, obviously, but I have a lot of concern that the ownership is going to be higher than what we're projecting because, you know, it's bloody Anaheim and that Morrissey's playing through a really bad injury that is actually just dragging down the entire team. Uh, I don't think I'm playing Winnipeg here tonight. If I was going to play Winnipeg, it would be the Connor Dubois uh, need a rider line. I am not playing a line with Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers on it. Um, I think... Ehlers, uh, like we've talked, I talked about this in our Discord. I know, like, we're big Ehlers fans. I'm a huge Ehlers fan. He's not been the same guy this year that he's typically been, and it's not just a shooting percentage issue either. So it's Winnipeg 2 for me, nothing from the Anaheim side. But I think I'm going to end up fading the Fords in this game and probably shutting off the NHL when the game comes on at 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah. But – as the co-creators of said flowchart, the flowchart says to fade. So if you are a flowchart believer, believe. <laughs> and can we stop the Josh Norrissey Morrissey moniker on Twitter? Like, it makes me want to vomit. I, I That stopped a few weeks ago. Good. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not going to be a thing anymore. Don't worry about that. Eric Carlson, clear front runner now. Let's get to that game. San Jose Sharks with a three total heading into Vancouver. The Canucks have a 3.7. James Reimer is confirmed. Thatcher Demko is probable. This would have been an easy game to break down. I would have really liked to play Patterson, Bavilia, Kuzmanko, but a few games ago they took Kuzmanko off the top power play unit. They benched him in the last game. <sighs> JT Miller, Brock Besser getting loads of ownership here. 
I, I guess you go back to Patterson, Bovillier, Kuzmenko. They're much lower owned. They've been good since they've been together. You could power play stack. I just, I, I just don't understand what the Vancouver Canucks are doing. Like, and, and that's an evergreen question because I never know what they're doing. But like, you just re-sign Kuzmenko to a bridge deal, then you eat him off the power play, and then you bench him. He's their best power play. He's he's such a good net front. I don't want to get like too caught up in it. I'm turning like all shades of the rainbow right now. But what are you doing here tonight? Um, yeah, it's a good question about what to do with Vancouver here because, like, is Kuzmenko like legitimately in the doghouse? I think is a real question because, like you said, he got benched last game. He got taken off the power play two games ago. Got benched last game. It's like how much longer is he actually just going to stay in the lineup? You know what I mean? Which feels weird to say, considering he's leading the team in power play goals. <laughs> like, right? It's not Besser. It's not, extension. It, it's not Besser. It's not Pedersen. It's not Miller. It's Kuzmenko that's leading them in power play goals. Uh, taking Take it off the power play. He has 34 goals on the season, and I think he's one game away from being a healthy scratch. <laughs> like, I'm serious. And that's my problem with playing that Vancouver line here tonight, is that if it was just one game of him, you know, getting benched for a period or something like that, I'd say it's no big deal. But the fact that he lost his power play role, the games before that, and then he got benched makes me think this is an ongoing issue between him and Tockett. And that, uh, that like Philip Hronik's back tonight, right? Like, so they're probably, they're going to have to scratch a defenseman to bring Hronik back. How long is it going to be before they're going 11-7 and Kuzmenko's in the press box? Which feels insane because that guy's going to finish with 35 goals this year. <laughs> and but, he's in the press box the rest of the season. Right. Know. But that's that's my concern about stacking that Vancouver line is I'm really worried that he's going to just be – his ice time is just going to get nuked and, you know, be on the fourth line by the end of the game and Kraftsoff is taking his spot or something like that, right? Like I could see talking just saying all, all Russians look alike or something. You know what I mean? So – um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, I, I do like Pedersen, Bovillier, and Kuzmenko tonight in theory, in a nutshell. I like that line. I like this matchup. Um, decent power play spot. I like the way they've been playing. They haven't been generating as much as they were in their first, you know, five or six games together, but they're still outplaying the opposition. I would like that line. I have concerns about Kuzmenko, though. I mean, if, if you're... If, if you're super concerned, I think you can just leave him off the stack at this point, right? Because it's not like he's a huge volume shooter. Like, this isn't a Cole Caulfield that'll put up four shots per game or something, right? It's a good net front and tipping the puck. And right. you can't do that if he's not on the power play. So you might as well leave him off and put him Besser. Right. I mean, over a third of his goals have come on the power play. So, you know, if his ice time's going to get nuked, not on the power play, I think you can leave him off and just turn it into a power play stack. Um so I, I I guess I like a power play stack here best. Like something like Pedersen, Beauvillier, JT Miller. Pedersen, Beauvillier, Besser, something like that, I think is the way I would go with Vancouver. I'm worried about playing Kuzmenko at this point. On the San Jose side, I mean, oh, God. <laughs> I, 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 none of their lines are really generating anything. Like the best that they can do is Logan Couture and Kevin LeBanc being league average, which – it's something, but it's not enough. If anything, it would be focusing on the power play guys, but I think this is going to be the time to segue into the defenseman. I think the guy I had the most interest in this game is Eric Carlson on the blue line. I don't have a lot of interest in the Sharks forwards. 
You don't want to play min price top line Martin Kaut? <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't hate it, honestly. Yeah. He's going to play like, like 17 minutes. Like, Hurdle, Kaut, and Bear Banoff are going to get a good matchup because that JT Miller, Phil DiGiuseppe line is not good defensively. It's But Demko is the other problem, right? Um, Demko is not the Demko of now looks like the Demko of last year and not the Demko of the first half of the season. And that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out on the sharks in my one to three. If they happen, like I talk about it, you got you MME guys on to use optimizers. If they happen to get into your mix organically, I believe them, but yeah, let's talk about those guys on the blue line. I know you like Eric Carlson. It's not hard to like Eric Carlson. Who else you liking? Yeah, I do like Eric Carlson. Not a ton of expensive guys I like. Uh, I think John Carlson is perfectly fine if he's a little expensive. Um, I think Brent Burns as well is fine. Like one thing you and I have said is that the one area Shesterkin has really struggled this year is on the penalty kill. So I don't mind Burns. But I'm going to be honest, if I'm playing a defenseman over 6,000 on DraftKings tonight, it's probably Eric Carlson or nobody. Yeah, um, I, That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. For the mid-price guys, there are three that really stand out for me. Um, projections and matchups and all that. Uh, Hampus Lindholm for Boston, obviously. Mikhail Sergachev for Tampa Bay. And Gustav Forsling for Florida. Like, if if Toronto is still going to have a good penalty kill, but really, be really bad at 5-on-5, five five, I think that plays perfectly for Forsling here tonight. Um, other guys in that mid-price range are like uh, Moritz Cedar from Detroit. Adam Larson from Seattle. Uh, Justin Falk from St. Louis. Cheap guys. There are a lot of cheap guys I like here tonight. There's a couple 2,500s. Troy Stetcher, Marco Scandella. I don't mind them, even, even though Stetcher might only play 15 or 16 minutes. Uh, Eric Chernak, Zach Whitecloud under 3K. I think I would rather play Chernak, or I'd rather play Whitecloud than Chernak, but they're both there. Uh, Jake Sanderson and Pierre-Olivier Joseph. We'll have to see on Jeff Petrie. I don't know if we're going to get confirmation on him before warm-up, but Pierre-Olivier Joseph, I think he played 21 minutes last night next to Chris Letang, and he's still under 3K, so don't mind him. Jake Sanderson might be my favorite defense play on the entire board here tonight, yeah. so I'll mention Jake Sanderson and Jacob Slavin as well. I do really like Jake Sanderson as well. He just runs the power play better than Shabbat does. I think he's just a better defensive but he might just be a better defenseman than Shabbat right now. Yeah. It's close. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have too much to add there. Let's talk about some goalies. We've got a couple really cheap guys. This is kind of like a day where you can spread out a little bit. There are some expensive guys that I do like, but again, I'm more of a cheap goalie guy myself as Saros gets confirmed at 7,300. So who you like him? Yeah, I mean, Jacob Markstrom, 7,100 at home to Vegas. Um, I know, I know. Trust me, Markstrom's burned me more than once this year. Utah, Captain. Remember your pressure points. But 7,100 at home against a Vegas team that's really not playing that well right now. I don't mind it. Uh, Igor, obviously, at, um, against Carolina at his price. Uh, Lucas Dostal is kind of interesting. I don't know if Winnipeg generates enough shot volume, and I'm going to be honest about that. Like, I have serious concerns Winnipeg's going to be able to put up enough shots here tonight where even if Dostal lets in, like, three or four, that he's going to hit the save bonus. So I'm not sure about him. Um, Jake Ottinger, for sure, at home against Pittsburgh. Reasonable price. Back-to-back on the road for the Penguins. Two pretty tough matchups. Matt Murray. Uh, 
I, I don't. I don't like playing the Leafs either. I know, but the Florida Panthers is such a high volume team. That's exactly it. And yeah. with Toronto's defensive metrics falling off, I think there's a decent chance Murray sees a ton of volume here tonight. Yeah, actually, I, I I don't mind Matt Murray. It's just funny to say Matt Murray on the Leafs because <laughs> he was their guy to save the season, so they don't get out of the first, so they can get out of the first round. But kill me. Uh, I guess you could take a stab on Kadobin at sixty eight hundred. I'd rather go to Min Price, Joey Decord over Kadobin. Yeah, the Capitals shot volume is just pretty bad. Yeah, so. that's the problem with some of like Dostal too at sixty nine hundred. Yeah. It's like why not just go play Decord at sixty five hundred? You know yeah. what I mean? And Nashville, you know, they put up some shots just because they can't play defense. So the, the puck is going both ways. So, yeah, it would be Decord. But so I also like Saros in that game, too, because Nashville's so bad defensively. Like, he's going to see volume. I think Jake Ottinger is probably the guy if I'm spending up, and that's 7,800. I guess, like, really going over 8K, there just isn't much. Like I guess Darcy Kemper's fine, but like he's been bad, and you need a shutout there. I don't want to play Brian Elliott. I mean Demko. Demko. Yeah, it, it would probably be Demko. Demko at home for AK. I would be my expensive goalie tonight. Or Swayman, but like again, Swayman needs the shutout. So yeah, it's more of a spend down. I mean, does him. he? I mean, big night on Tuesday from Allmark, wasn't it? With yeah, Ottawa in town. I, I know I know Montreal's not Ottawa, but yeah. Ottawa also put up like 48 shots. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Don't mind Swayman actually. Who are you looking for your hat trick pick? Uh I'm going to a game that I like a little a lot more than you, apparently. I'm going with uh little teapot himself, Tyler Tafoli. <laughs> little teapot. That's one of the it's one of the weirder nicknames. I, I mean he that. does look like a teapot when he poses like that. What can you say? That, that is true. It's just weird. Um, I'm going to Wyatt Johnson, Johnston. And then, like, he literally couldn't be on any, on any other team in the NHL with that name. Like, Wyatt Johnston, perfect for a Dallas team. Yeah. I'm going Wyatt Johnston. All right. I like it. Come on, Wyatt. Bring us home. We will be back next Tuesday, I believe. A couple weeks left in the season. Uh, six games or more, that's when we have shows. But uh, make sure to check out those promos. Smash that like. Good luck, everybody. We'll see you in Discord. We're always around Discord. Talk some sauce. See you. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Enjoy John Wick 4. High five. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.